to two. And um, I'm on the third bit. Don't worry if you've missed the others. Uh, I'm on the third bit of a a little mini-series. I'm um, looking at Genesis, that really ancient Hebrew scripture, uh, uh, and just asking the question, why are we here? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that. What what am I doing on planet Earth? And uh, we've we've looked at that a couple of times in uh, chapter one. I'm going to read a few verses in chapter two uh, soon. But just to quickly recap the other talks, what, what we saw is that, that the Bible says we were made to represent God in the world, to be his image. And that word's used of uh, people like Pharaoh who claim they were the image of the sun god. So we're here to, to image, to show people what the invisible God is like. That was the kind of commission that God put upon people. Uh, th- then he made them to rule over things. That's got more tricky because the world's a muddle. The world's fallen, it's difficult, but then we looked at how Jesus helps us, even through the difficulties, reign in life as we receive his grace and his help to get through the bumps. Uh, We saw that God created people to be fruitful, which doesn't just mean making families, that might be the only bit we've obeyed, uh, but it also means uh, making culture, to make the the world a decent place, if you like. Uh, And then we saw that, that... We've got to the job of kind of continuing the Eden project, that, that the world was a bit chaotic. God created um, plants and food and animals and all that stuff, and, and then said to humankind, well, continue this project. Go and fill the earth with people that know me, that reflect what I'm like, uh, and bring, uh, bring a bit of Eden, a bit of beauty into the world that you live in. And and that's the kind of broad picture, and the project continues. And today I want to home in on a particular thing, and it's the subject of work. Now, for some of us, that means paid employment, but really the word's much bigger than that, because some of us are retired, some of us are at college. Really, uh, what I mean is, what what do we do with all the time that we're not in church or asleep? That that kind of time. That when we're taking the toddlers to, to a toddler group, when we're dusting, washing the car, when we're going to work, we're earning our living, or we're doing some voluntary work, we're helping downstairs serve tea and coffee. What's all that about? So that's what I want to look at this morning. Genesis chapter 2, we'll read just a few verses. Uh, Genesis 2 verse 5. No shrub had yet appeared on the earth, And no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Then verse 7, the Lord God formed a man. Literally, the Lord God formed Adam. Not sure whether it's a person's name or or not. We'll go into that later. Uh, From the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, a man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Then in verse 15, the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So there's Adam. Literally, it means earth or ground. So it's not clear when when in the Bible it becomes a person's name and when it just means earth or earthling or person. That's, that's just the way it is. It's not quite clear. It's a poetic way of saying we're, we're just the dust. I don't know if you've been to a funeral late, lately, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. We're just mortal, aren't we? Sometimes we need reminding of that because we, we live as if we're going to go on forever. But, but we, we don't. We live and, and, then, and then one day our life will end and then we'll face the Lord our God uh, for the hug, hopefully, if you lo- love and belong to him. 
But Adam here, uh, we see, as we've just read, Adam's profession, not that he had a job as such, but his occupation was gardener. He was put there in verse 5 and verse 15 to work, to work the ground, to work it. I don't know how many people here, I might be in a minority, I love gardening, uh, to work the ground. My dad was a gardener, my granddad was a gardener, so there's a bit of a heritage there. My dad loved the earth. He just loved it. He, loved, he, he washed his hands, I don't know how many times a day, but he loved even the smell of the earth. Oh, he could kind of, he'd be like a poet about dirt. <laughs> the potential for life. He, he loved working it, seeing things spring up. And, and this, this Adam, humankind, long before work became stressful, before sin entered the world, God gave work to human beings as a God-given thing. Did you know that? Work is a great thing. I know there'll be that Monday morning feeling tomorrow when the alarm goes off. But, but work, I know it's, it's got its challenges now. That's because of Genesis chapter 3, but that's skipping ahead. But work was a pre-people falling into sin and life becoming hard work. Work was a gift from God. Work is part of what God has given. Activity. Creativity, purpose, it's a very positive thing. Now, some of you look a bit doubtful already, but it is, I promise. God gave us work to do, to make our lives meaningful. And do you know the Hebrew word for work is abad? Chuck in a bit of showing off. It's a Hebrew word, A-B-A-D, abad. And do you know, it's used in the Old Testament, it's one of the words used for worship. Isn't that interesting? Worship and work, the same word in the Old Testament. You know, work is part of our worship. If we do it in a way that's pleasing to God, it's part of our worship. Now that gives meaning, because let's face it, we're not here very long. What are we here, an hour and a quarter Sunday morning? You can't really count 20 minutes drinking coffee, can you? So uh, maybe, maybe we go to a small group or a community activity during the week. But what about the rest of it? Is it only that bit of life that's meaningful? No, our work is part of our worship. Our work is part of our worship. We, we worship is more than songs on Sunday, although that's vital, by the way. The Bible encourages us, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together because you'll get, you'll get cold. You're like a coal off the fire. Don't give up meeting together for, for worship together. It's really important, but, but all of life and all of our service is part of our worship. I think that's great, don't you? It gives meaning to what you do tomorrow morning. Yeah. When you're struggling with your spreadsheet, but you want to get it right. When you're dealing with an awkward customer, but you want to get it right. When you're taking the trying to get the kids ready for school and you put their shoes on, turn around uh, to put the second ones on and the first one takes them off. All of that, normal stuff. Now that, that's part of our activity. It's part of what we do to the glory of God. And we see as we read through the chapter that, that God gave them things to develop. And that's an important principle. Develop what you have. You know, the Bible says some people got, seem to have tons of talents Some people seem to have less talents and abilities. But whatever we've been given, our job is to develop them, to use who we are and what we are and what we have for for God and to do a good job. And God made things. It says in verse 9, God, the the fruit that he put was was good to the eye. Now, he he could have put it in vacuum packs like spacemen eat, but he, he chose to make food look good. 
He's interested in what's aesthetically good. He's also interested in what's good for us. Provision of food. And then in verse 11 of that chapter, he talks about strange things. He talks about onyx and and, uh, and, and something else that's good for perfume and, and gold. What's he saying? He's saying God's given us in the world raw materials for us to use and develop. He's given whatever you have is all a gift from God, isn't it? The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. If you're a very talented person, don't get big-headed. You, all you've got is from him. You can be pleased if you've developed it well, but it's all from him. None of, none of us earn our talents. We might, but then we can develop our skills. That's, that's, that's good responsibility, isn't it? But it's all from God. So let's develop whatever God's given us. If you're a really caring person, that's a God-given talent. Well, care for people then. If you've got a real eye for details and the little dots on the figures in the column, then use that. That's from God. Use what God has given us. It's worth reflecting sometime. Just thinking, what has he given me? Because every one of us have got abilities from God, haven't we? Yeah. There'll be different ones. Some are really great at this. Some, some of us might still be discovering what we're good at. Might not have quite found it yet. But let's keep going because God has given all of us. Our responsibility, as Adam's was, is to, to develop what he'd been given and to multiply that and give the world a glimpse of Eden. That was his, that was his job. Tim Keller said this, work is rearranging the raw materials of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world in general and people in particular to thrive and flourish. Do you work on a helpline? Well, make it one of those rare things, a helpline that helps. Because <laughs> it's usually they're a bit frustrating, aren't they? Do you, are, you, are you a doctor's receptionist? Be a cheerful one. People will be amazed. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you bringing up some of these snotty little children to make them into wonderful contributing human beings? That's the challenge of a lifetime. That's wonderful, isn't it? That's hard work. It's tiring. It's exhausting. You think, am I doing this right or wrong? All the rest of it. But that's a great job. To help these little ones to thrive and to flourish. That's a great assignment from God. So our lives, all of our lives, have purpose. Eden wasn't a static thing. God was saying, here's your project, go make a world. And he says the same to us. In our little bit of it. Come on, go and make a world. Create a bit of order. Create a bit of beauty. Provide for your families. Give the world a glimpse of something that's good in the way you do your work. Do you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. People might be amazed in your place of work. depends where you work. But sometimes it's what you don't do. You might be the only person that doesn't, doesn't join in the staff room gossip. You might be. You might be the only person that doesn't swear. Or doesn't swear apart from when they hit the hand with a hammer. <laughs> you might be. Do you see what I'm saying? We, we, we reflect God where we are in our lives. By the way, at the end of the Bible, if you read the book of uh, Revelation, there's tons of allusions to, to Genesis, absolutely loads. There's trees giving life and healing. There's rivers. There's, uh, the, the city of God is an Eden-like city filled with culture from every tribe and tongue and nation. That's the kind of end of the project. But we're involved in the muddle of that right now. 
Most of us are not in horticulture. Anybody involved in horticulture? Oh, Davy's a little bit, isn't he? Those polytunnels, a little bit reluctantly. <laughs> but do you know the word culture comes from cultivate? We're all called to affect our bit of the world. The culture where we work, the culture where we go and take the kids to, the, to, to whatever we take them to. The culture down our street. We can all affect our culture. We're culture makers. I promote you. So if, you're, if you are an agricultural people, you're helping people provide food for, pe- for folk to enjoy. And if you're, if you're helping run good soil, you're helping provide meaningful activity for people who might not otherwise find it and looking to transform their lives. If you work on a building site, are you just, well, oh, I'm just digging a hole? No, you're helping provide homes that will shelter people, places where families can be built, where people can see, eat and sleep and relax together. If you're a mum and dad, you're shaping the next generation into helpfully, hopefully well-adjusted human beings. If you're in art and design, you're creating beauty in form and function. If you're in graphic design, you're, you're choosing shapes and typefaces. You're making something tasteful that, that communicates, that's attractive. Do you, see, do you see? If you're a TA or a teacher, you're in shaping kids, informing them and educating them. If you're, what if you're a cafe worker? Just serving, co- not just serving coffee and cakes. You're creating an atmosphere of welcome and relaxation where there can be a buzz of community. If you're a trainer, you're, you're trying to produce people that are competent. The world could do with more competent people with good attitudes so, they can develop, so that they can help and serve others reliably. If you're an IT, do a great job. Nail that spreadsheet. <laughs> this is, you're talking to someone who doesn't really even know how a spreadsheet works, let's be honest. If you're a homemaker, you're making an environment of, of safety and peace for your family. Do you know there are, there, there are more than 7 billion people on the planet? That's a lot of people, isn't it? Every single one is different. Every single one is unique, but they all bear God's image. We've all got a part to play, a contribution to make to the bit of the world that we live in. And the world's very complicated, isn't it? I sat down and thought about someone serving coffee next door in Costa. I think there's, they've got a job. If you, were, if you were working next door, you can make a good coffee. You can serve it, hopefully with a smile, even though customers are a bit irritating. You serve it with a smile. You can welcome people, create a nice atmosphere. But, and you're using a machine that someone else has made, in, and probably in Italy, they bolted it together, and you hope that they're doing a good job over there. And you're in a building that's been restored by builders to make it a pleasant place to relax in. And then someone, a businessman, Ken Costa, who's a Christian, he, he made the company that hired you, and he's doing his job. And the coffee's grown the other side of the world, and hopefully there's a fair trade company that's built a good relationship and pays a decent price. But behind all of that, there are people in education and coffee roasting and marketing and shipping. The world's a complicated place, and it needs Christians to play their part in it well. All of us, all of us have a part to play in God's world to make it a bit better and to honour God. The Bible is one of the few ancient texts that honours hard work. It does. Not many ancient texts do that. It honours hard work. And do you know we're all called. Some people think, oh, it's just 
people that sit at the front and talk, they've got, they've got to be called. Or missionaries. Or maybe medics. You know, it depends where you draw the line. <laughs> now, actually, we're all called. We're all called to serve God. If you're a banker or an artist or an administrator, a mum or dad, a barrister, a gardener, a waiter, grandparent, whatever, whatever your activity is, we're all called because God's called all of us to live for him. Yeah. He hasn't called us all to go to church. He has called us to go to church, to be part of his family, to worship him, to receive from him, and then be empowered and encouraged to go out and live our lives for him in the world. The Quakers used to have a saying, let your life speak. I like that. Now, as we get an opportunity, because we will if we live like that, to speak uh, something of our testimonies, we were looking the other way, then we tell our story. If we get a testimony to speak up for Jesus and witness, then we witness. But you know that, do you know the first job of a Christian carpenter? Make a good table. That's the first job. So you do a good job and your life speaks. And that gives you opportunity then to witness. We're all called. And really, everything is spiritual. There's no such thing as secular, really. There isn't. It all matters to God. You know, some people think, oh, spiritual is really important. Secular is not important. That's rubbish. It's all God's world and we live in it. You've got one life. Soon passed. Goes really fast, doesn't it? It must be something, I'm 63 now, and a year is a smaller and smaller proportion of your life. So it seems, I know it's sticking away 365 days a year, same as it always did, but it seems to go a bit faster. Is that right, John? John's really old, so he can tell you. So. So, <laughs> it does, it does, seems to go faster. You've got one life, let's live it for God. Let's live it for him, 100%. He gave you a life. He gave you the abilities, the resources that you have. Let's use it for him. And let's face it, most of life is ordinary, isn't it? Most of life is unglamorous, but it all matters to God. And as believers, we have the Spirit of God to help us live for him. And we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let me be an image bearer this week in my job. So Monday to Saturday isn't secular because Jesus, I hope, is Lord of your life. All of it. Is is he Lord of your life? If he is Lord of your life, then let him be Lord. Let him rule over how you are in the staff room, how you are in the toddler group. Let him be Lord of our lives. So let's not accept the secular lie because if you believe that, it makes most of your life irrelevant. That's right. Which it isn't. Can you see that? It's It's a lie. No, no, all of our life is relevant. You might be shopping, you're walking the dog, taking the kids to school, cooking, eating, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. Going for a walk, changing nappies, laying a patio, all those kind of, it all matters because it's a gift from God to bless the world with our service, our gifts and our abilities. Almost at the end now, but 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says this, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We'll maybe look at that another week. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen? If you can't do it to the glory of God, probably best not doing it. Just a thought. Now, this is the last thought. Another, this is a Greek word. I'm showing off this morning. The last one was a Hebrew one. Jesus was a tecton. I just like the word, really. I just thought it's an opportunity to use a funny word. Tecton. Say it. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> Often in the New Testament, it's translated carpenter. 
But that, that makes it sound like Jesus was crafting a bit of Chippendale furniture or something, doesn't it? No, tecton is a, it's a kind of rougher word than a carpenter. Jesus would have been a kind of what we would call a jobbing builder. That's what Jesus was. He would repair your broken plough, might bodge up a chair that you'd broken, that kind of thing. Build, do a bit of, bit of mud brick building, your extension. <laughs> I don't know if they had extensions. That's what Jesus, and do you know, he did that for most of his life. He did, he probably did it about 20, if he started at 12 or so, probably did it almost 20 years. Most of his life, most of his life that pleased God, most of his life that he lived righteously so he could give us his righteousness, most of that wasn't doing ministry. But, but, it, but he was doing ministry, he was pleasing his heavenly father. Have you ever thought about that? Then he spent three years teaching healing people. Just three years out of about 35. Have you ever thought about that? What, what does that say? It means that our life too is relevant. Most of his life he did for the Father. He did with the Father. Following the Father. Doing what I, he said, I always do what pleases the Father. What pleases the Father? To mend that plough well. To repair that wall well. Same with us. Because we follow a tecton. So let's do our jobs to the glory of God. Let's make work a better place. Let's give people a glimpse of what it means to have Jesus as Lord. So we're going to finish now. And you know, I just want to finish with two things. That I know that some of us have got big difficulties in our work situations. That's not a word of knowledge. It's just the world we live in. That's life. That's because we live in a fallen world. And a fallen world means there'll, there'll always be obstacles to overcome in our work and life. That's just, that's life. That is life for everyone. Things that make life tricky and challenging. But there's also, it means that there's opportunities for people to glimpse the kingdom of God in the way you work this week. And work, I mean the general, how you do life this week. So let's pray that we do a really good job to the glory of God. Amen. I'm going to pray now and uh, hand back to Isaac. Father, thank you that all of our life matters. Thank you that none of our life is irrelevant, that as followers of you, you're interested in the way we bring our kids up, the way we do our job, the way we do our voluntary work. You're, you care. Thank you that you've, Jesus, that you came to this world and did a good job. Help us to do a good job this week. We pray that whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. So help us, Lord. Thank you that you've given our life meaning. We pray that you'd help us to uh, live in such a way that it raises questions with those we work amongst and gives us opportunities to speak of your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Isaac. Hello.